0: THE FRAM EPISODE THE FRAM EPISODE THE FRAM EPISODE episode. Starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Season 3 begins More than one chain reaction My social justice story, the Fram episode. Well, hello and welcome back to that Fram episode and this is season three. This is going to be a little bit different than my usual social justice focus on uh, different subject matter. Uh, This season is going to focus on my story of social justice and I'm going to share with you some experiences. I'm going to tell you a story, and the story is called More Than One Chain Reaction. And as a whistleblower, I'm going to share with you about 60% of uh, what the story has is true, and I experienced it. The other 40% I added uh, to the story to give it more um, background information. Uh, give it more detail. So, I'm going to start, and this has to do with working for the U.S. federal government. I was a federal employee for a short period of time, at uh, two different places, but one I was at a little bit longer than the other. Uh, and both had some negative experiences, but one place, uh, this story is based on an uh, experience I had uh, that. I had to actually get Senator Van Hollen involved and his lawyer involved. I actually had to uh, um, talk with a whistleblower network president uh, to get support because of what was happening. And this happened in the Washington, D.C. area. And before I start, I'm going to be talking a little bit slower because I am going to be reading information to you. And it's going to be a lot of information in this story. And as time goes by, I will probably share with you some facts, actions uh, that actually occurred or a situation that actually happened. So that way you have some context. Now, this story um, developed soon after uh, news broke in 2018 that there were problems going on. The Syrian Air Force was dropping chlorine bombs uh, on particular towns, in, uh, in particular February 2018. And what happened uh, soon after as well, in April 2018, uh, there was a gas attack in the suburbs of Damascus, which was uh, included chlorine gas in Syria. And so when this news hit, This started uh, me down a path of writing this story. And you can look this information up. You can Google this information that happened in 2018 in Syria. So, shall we begin with chapter one? More than one chain reaction. I'll start with the introduction. Of course I missed something. I walked back to the meeting room from the bathroom. I started to open the door to sneak back to my seat. As I quietly walked in, Janet continued giving a final speech. We now realize that all of our pain and suffering these last few years has amounted to the takeover of our government by a foreign adversary. We can no longer view each of our experiences separately as lines of corruption, but as strands from a web of an an elaborate scheme by the Russians and Chinese to destroy our American way of life. Others at the long wooden table were focused and reserved in their demeanor. Dr. Randall interrupted, Of course, we missed something. We couldn't have imagined this in a million years that all of our stories connected to uncover the greatest threat in history to us all. Callie typed quickly on her laptop to record our last meeting of the whistleblowers. How ironic that it was going on secretly in Washington, D.C. It was just a coincidence that we all found each other. It was not a coincidence that our stories of whistleblowing connected to uncover a global plot to destroy our country. But what our enemies didn't know was that we each discovered how to destroy them as well. Suba raised his hand slightly to signal His desire to comment. I always wondered how Subu miraculously survived his dangerous situation of whistleblowing. Being our last meeting before we go dark, I ask that someday we find a way to reconnect, even though our government is falling as I speak. I hope that each of us can rally enough of a resistance so in time we can restore some semblance of normalcy in our American society. Your thoughts, my prayers, Subu, Marie added. Marie continued, After we leave here, we must take care to protect our families immediately. I know I don't have to tell you that I got word before I came here that a hit squad has a list of all of us and are actively searching for us now. I thought we were able to bide some time to hide our families, Dr. Milton asked. We have a bit of time to quickly go dark, Marie replied. Dr. Milton grimaced as she crossed her arms and leaned back into her chair. Well, folks, it's time we say goodbye. You all know the coordinates for getting word and meeting up again in six months, said Dr. Milton. We all shook our heads in agreement. A silence suddenly filled the room as everyone seemed to be hesitant to stand and leave. Callie stood up first. It was wonderful to get to know each and every one of you, to learn about each of your family members, and see your children grow over these last few years? Dr. Randall stood up as she finished. Yes, I consider each of you a part of my family, my support, the people who kept me sane through all these threats and attacks I endured. Each person there for the whistleblower meeting stood up and began to hug each other in a spirit of friendship. We cherished our goodbyes because we didn't know if any of us would survive the fallout the end of our government, and the destruction of our American society. I was the last to stand feeling frightened. Once I left the room and went dark with my family, I would be alone without these people to help me think things through. I knew I would have to keep my family constantly on the move. I interrupted their hugs and said, I know it's only been six months since I found all of you and shared my experiences as a whistleblower, but I'm grateful for all of you welcoming me so openly and willingly. And I paused. Long live the resistance, I ended. They raised their heads high as we all stood one last time in silence.
1: The attack was brazen and blatant. At least eleven people were treated after an airstrike in Syria. Chlorine was probably used, this the latest in a series of what seemed to have been chemical attacks. It led to a war of words in the Security Council, a meeting you were not supposed to see. This regular monthly session on the issue is usually held behind closed doors, but an angry U.S. ambassador demanded it was made public. Nikki Haley condemned Russia for not even agreeing to a press statement on the latest attacks. If
0: we can't even take the first step of establishing accountability for chemical weapons use, we have to seriously ask ourselves why we are here.
1: Russia, which has used its veto to avoid action on this issue, was strongly criticized by Ambassador Haley and by her French and British colleagues. Its ambassador, Vaselina Benzia, hit back. Statements by these representatives, as always, contain very little truth mixed with mountains of lies. Where is the presumption of innocence? Prior to any investigation, you were accusing the so-called regime, quote-unquote. With that point, he appeared to ignore clear facts. In 2015, the UN Security Council unanimously decided to create the Joint Investigative Mechanism, or JIM, to work out exactly who was guilty of chemical weapons use. It concluded that in four cases, the Assad government was responsible for using chemical weapons. Soon afterwards, Russia used its veto to stop the renewal of the gym, leaving the Security Council powerless. Does it just not highlight the impotence of the Security Council? I think you are very right. The fact that these, the use of uh, chemical weapons uh, continues time and again in Syria is a challenge to the very authority of the Security Council. The, the Security Council continues to talk, but on this issue is unable to act. The continuing sporadic chemical attacks underlining its weakness and undermining the international consensus against the use of some of the world's most hideous weapons. James Bayes, Al Jazeera, of the United Nations.
0: It was a chain reaction. It all started with that email from dstaff-bounces at dtech.gov.us. It's uh, on behalf of Rich Sherman, rich.sherman at dtech.gov.us. This was sent Friday, October 13th, 2017 at 1.56 p.m. to all D staff, capital letters. The subject, access restricted to the building. And here it goes, the email. Until further notice, access to building a 23 Nuclear physics is restricted due to designated health, safety, and radiation personnel. In Building A23, a chain reaction occurred where the radioactive element, americium-241, exploded in a laboratory last week. In following protocols to secure all spaces, contamination from americium-241 was detected in laboratory and non-laboratory areas of the building. While the levels found outside of the secured spaces are low and do not pose a health concern, we want to facilitate an accurate survey and will limit personnel and activities in the building. The email continues. Initial testing of staff members showed that two staff members received an exposure that exceeds the annual regulatory limit. As a precaution, these staff members are being treated by physicians specializing in radiation exposure. DTEC staff in the Nuclear Physics Department are actively working with the Safety and Compliance experts in the Energy Department to conduct the survey. For questions and concerns about the americium 241 survey and remediation, please contact the DTEC Safety and Compliance Department at extension 3670. So, how else would uh, one respond when confronted with one of your worst fears? I started freaking out and emailing the person I knew who was around at the time. Email. I sent an email. From Shay Frazier. Sent Tuesday, October 17, 2017 at 7.43 a.m. To Porter, comma, Brett. Email brett.porter at dtech.gov.us. Subject. Forward. Access restricted to building. Email read. Brett. I am very concerned. This radiation leak. We all were in there on October 5th, and we entered that conference room for that meeting. Your lab was contaminated. I am concerned I transported radioactive materials to my home. Why weren't we contacted at all? This system-wide email is bullshit. Shay. But I digress. Let me start at the beginning of this whole dumpster fire of a situation. On October 2nd, 2017, DTEC, Department of Energy Technology, was one of the U.S. government's bureaus on the East Coast that developed advanced technology and led nuclear physics research on developing the technology. I applied for a social scientist position, which amounted to a research associate position. My efforts were focused on using my mixed-methods expertise to investigate applications for nuclear technology in the nuclear physics division. A quick walk through a parking lot on an early autumn day would become a faint memory. I met a few nice people before I left the human resources office in the administration building. There was a coffee-with-a-cop event going on in a conference room. Some guy named Gary from HR dumped me there for about 30 minutes. I didn't get a chance to talk much with Gary. He seemed rather standoffish for an aging white guy at first impression. I ran into the director of the diversity office. She was an older lady who looked like she was about ready to retire from the federal government. Her straight black hair cut into a bob hairstyle with bangs framed her square face nicely. She introduced herself as director Lily Liu of the diversity office at DTEC. I told her it was my first day. She says, oh, how wonderful. Make sure you complete all of your required online training, like the physical security in completing your time and attendance. That's what the director Luce that stated. And she continued, I will get right on that as soon as I have a desk and computer, uh, I stated, I continued to stand near her as I drank some water. We ended our conversation just as Gary, the HR guy, returned to shuffle me off to the building where I would be working. I followed Gary in his SUV covered with NRA stickers. I suppose I was guessing that the Ford was painted red. I stepped out of my Fiat E500 just as Gary exited his red Ford Explorer. Gary, the HR guy, was escorting me on my first day as a social scientist at DTEC. Gary entered the building waving his cat card, cat card as C-A-C card, cat card over the door scanner. I took a step behind. He said, no, you need to scan your cat card too. No piggybacking, he said. Yeah, okay, I replied. Recently, D- recently, DTEC was dinged for multiple incidences by safety investigators for employees piggybacking into high, highly sensitive areas, he said. We entered the dark hallway inside, looking for a secretary's office. As we walked down the dim hallway, lit only by the lights of offices and the glow from the dirty white tiled floors, we continued to search for the secretary's office. Here's a secretary sitting in this office. I said, and Gary replied, no, not that secretary. She's a secretary for another working group. You're working in the radioactive technology working group, he ended. Well, he stopped. He was looking confused. He's looking around. All of a sudden, Are you two looking for me? A woman with bleached-out blonde hair poked out of a doorway and asked. Hey, sissy, she's here, Gary pointed at me. I soon found Gary to be a bit into himself and full of it. I could simply say that he was the very definition of a douchebag. Being full of oneself does come in all shapes and sizes. I found over the years that as those people age, they start to look like a fruit. All the while... Sissy waited impatiently as we walked towards her office. I realized I left my orange sitting on my kitchen counter at home. For some reason, I wanted to eat oranges that day. We stopped at the entrance of the door as Sissy stood in front of huge piles of papers and folders stacked about a foot tall, a foot high, definitely on her desk. Sissy stated, you two are late. I have processed travel and purchase requests on top of training. Ugh. I paused out of sudden shock from the immediate disrespect from this sissy person. You can call me Dr. Fraser, I said. She says, no, I don't call. I mean, we don't call anyone around here, doctor. I don't know where you came from, but we're informal, she said. She added. I said, oh my, Sissy, maybe I should come back another day to start my first day of work. I do get paid for showing up today, don't I? I ended with a smile. Sissy seemed a bit surprised. Okay, well, I have more important things to do than stand here. Sissy, please show Dr. Fraser to her office, Gary said. Okay, Gary, thanks, Sissy said. Nice to meet you, Shay. Gary ended as he turned and walked down the hall to leave the building. Shay! Shay, what's, that's what it is. I forgot. Sissy piped up in relief. I smiled and walked into the hallway. Shay, it's spelled with a Y, right? Sissy asked. No, it's S-H-A-E, I replied. She walked briskly down the dim hallway, occasionally ordering individuals in their office's spaces to complete some task. Here she goes. Brett, I need your receipts from the last trip so I can process them before I process your latest trip. Well, I waved hello from the uncomfortableness of it all. They each seemed to find Sissy quite annoying. Janice, you didn't add that component you said you needed to your purchase order. Do you want it or not? I kept thinking uh, this is a very long walk down this dim hallway. It means my office is far, far away from Sissy. Sissy yelling at people. Whew! Seems annoying. And on my first day, she suddenly stopped in front of me. And I dodged, moving to the side. Here's your office, Sissy said. I stared into the dim room with light gray walls and two dark brown desks. Dusty, white blinds blocked light coming through a large window with a heating vent below it. You share an office with Peter Surkov, and it's spelled P-Y-O-T-R, she said as she stared at me. Great, I said. I walked in between both desks, which were stacked full of papers and folders and binders. Oh my. So Peter with a Y gets both desks, I asked. Of course not. His desk is the one with a desktop and pictures of his family on the wall nearby, she said. Okay, where do all these piles of papers go, I asked. Here, I'll just throw them on his chair, she said. Sissy started to lift each pile to place them on his chair and the floor. Oh, I'll be back in 10 o'clock to train you on using the travel and purchase systems. You'll be using these a lot. You need to call the IT department and have them come here to set up your computer and laptop. The extension is 8440, Sissy said. I need some cleaning supplies for my space. May I borrow some from you, I asked. Sissy groaned, being further annoyed. She opened Piotr's gray floor-to-ceiling cabinet to search for cleaning supplies. I always put new cleaning supplies in each office every month. Here's some, Sissy said as she handed me the disinfectant wipes, the window spray, and paper towels. Thanks, I said. As she sped out of the room, Sissy said, remember to call IT. Well I zoned out while organizing and cleaning my tiny space. I opened the blinds to let light in the window. I started to sneeze from the amount of dust on the blinds. The hum of the dusty heating vent caught my attention, but soon faded away. Email alerts from Beatrice's computer broke the lolly sounds of the room. I saw a woman with a brown pixie cut of a hairstyle poke her head around in the door from the corner of my eye. Hello, Shay, right? she asked. I turned and quickly smiled. I'm Alina, she started, but was cut off by a tall, skinny man startling her. She disappeared as quickly as she visited. This tall, skinny man rushed in the room as I was wiping down the phone the keyboard, the desk, and anything I could possibly touch at any point in time. He was holding a small box and and was startled by my presence. Who are you? He asked sharply. I'm the new social scientist, Shay, I stated abruptly from being surprised. Really, I told Sissy I didn't want to share my office, he continued. Jeez, could anybody else be ruder than Sissy? I whispered under my breath. He started laughing with a throaty sound as he sat at his desk. I like you. You'll fit in here nicely, he said. Great, I whispered as I smiled at him. Well, welcome to this place. I'm Piotr Serkov. If you have any questions, ask anyone but me. I'm not around a lot. You'll find me on the lower level in my lab, he ended. Piotr started typing, glaring momentarily to see what I was doing. When I looked towards him, he moved that small box to the opposite side of his computer and continued to type feverishly. I sat down at my desk, adjusted my chair, and started to tinker with the computer and laptop. Beatrice spoke up quickly as he left. You better do what sissy says and call IT. She freaks out if she must help someone with a computer. Oh, don't touch anything on my desk, he ended. I stared at him with the same look on the faces of Brett and Janice. It must be part of the socialization process here. I picked up the phone and called the IT department. It was October 3rd, 2017. Work picked up fast the next day. The office door was locked. Sissy and Pierre neglected to give me a key. I banged on the door to see if Pierre was inside. He's not there. I saw him run to the elevator. Probably went to the lab, Janice said as she poked her head out of her office door. Loving it already, I said calmly. Janice quickly walked across the hallway to greet me. I'm Janice, by the way, she said. Hi, I'm Shay, I added. Janice shook my hand. Nice to meet you. Is Pietro always a dick, I asked. Of course, and sometimes he livens it up a little bit by being a total asshole, Janice laughed while saying. I joined her with a smile. Any chance Sissy has a key, I asked. Not likely, Janice responded. I stood there staring at the door in need of my morning green tea fix. Janice started tapping her chin while thinking aloud. Oh, but Brett has a copy. This was his office last, so he can give you his key if he has one. Come on, she said. I followed her several doors down to Brett's office. I asked as we walked, Who do you share your office with, Janice? Uh, Janice responded, I share my office with Olena. She's from Ukraine and damn smart, smarter than most of us. But she's very shy and very tall with long legs. You won't see her much. She teleworks or is in the lab. I stood behind Janice as she stopped. And I added, she poked her head in my office, but suddenly left when Piotr showed up. But Janice turned and smiled at me as she paused. Well, I'll introduce you to uh, Elena, Janice said. We stood waiting at Brett's door while he was talking on the phone. Hey, ladies, what fiasco are we dealing with today? Brett added, asked. Huh, Brett, Sissy is in her office cussing up a storm, so don't go near her office, Janice said. Brett quickly stood up to shake my hand. Hi, I'm Brett, and you must be Shay, the new person who's going to help us figure out how to best apply some of this shit we develop. Yes, that's me. Glad to meet you, I said. Janice and I are happy you are here to do this. I think we've lost a lot of opportunities to make money off our patents. I think that most of the researchers are short-sighted in identifying applications for their technology, Brett continued. Suddenly, Sissy came from behind us. Hey, you three, don't drink or use the water in this building at all today. You have to go next door to the materials lab to use their water. Sissy interrupted us. What's going on? Janice asked her. I don't know. We had this problem last year, and I don't remember why. Sissy said as she turned and walked down the hallway. Sissy seemed to just pop up when you least expected it. It started to become nerve-wracking to me. So, what do you need? Brett asked us. Oh, Shay needs a key to her office with Piotr. Don't you have an old key of Piotr's office? Did, he didn't give her one, Janice explained. Of course he didn't. Sorry you're stuck with him, Shay. He was too comfortable being the only one not sharing an office around here, so we all complained about it, Brett said. I think I can handle him, I replied. He's not so bad some days. He He's been too busy with some industrial radiography project, Janice added. Uh, "'He's just really paranoid and secretive,' I see,' I added. "'Yeah, we think he's working on some side project and not telling the working group about it. Probably wants to make some extra money,' Brett said as he pulled his old office key from his desk desk drawer and walked over to hand it to me. "'Thanks. Can we do that? Do side projects?' I asked. "'Only if you find the money to do them and there's no conflict of interest,' Janice replied. "'We'll walk you over,' Brett continued." Brett closed his office door. We walked back to my office space across the hallway. What's up with not using the water in the building? Can we use the toilets? I asked. The water could be shut off. The division director said in a meeting a while back that she approved of periodic remodeling projects in the building. Could be that. You'll have to use the toilets in the uh, ML building uh, next door to Material Labs building, Janice replied. Brett added, or maybe the water was contaminated from the old pipes in this building. Who knows anymore about this place? As we walked to my office, a very short lady walked uh, walking by past us. Hi, everyone. I hope everything is going well, except for the water in the building. Remember to use the ML building for water. Oh, hello, Miss Frazier. I'll return to officially meet you soon. She trailed off as she kept walking. You did a nice job of cleaning up the joint, Brett said. It took me several hours yesterday to do it, I said. I noticed the window blinds were back down. Who was that lady we passed, I asked. That's the division director, Stacy Small. She'll meet with you when she has no time. It will be short and sweet, Brett jokingly said. I sat down and started to log on to my computer. If you have any questions or need any help, just ask us. We'll do our best. Oh, the laptop is for when you telework at home, Brett said. "'Yeah, we're just happy you are a normal person and not some whack job,' Janice giggled. "'Oh, Shay, I emailed you details on my latest technology. Could you please research all possible applications for it as your first project?' Brett asked me. "'Nice, I have some official work to do. When do you need a report by?' I replied. "'Well, can you get me anything for um for a meeting in two weeks?' he asked. "'Well, I will do my best,' I said. "'Great, I have a meeting with a patent officer, Robinson.' he added. I gave him a thumbs up and smiled and they left down the hallway towards the elevators. I opened Brett's email to review the technology. I was to research how this technology could be developed in various ways. I remember clearly what was said in the job interview. DTEC's goal was to profit as much as they can from their patents. The Nuclear Physics Division had amassed a huge database of unused patents over the years. Some of the patents were designated for only one way of developing it which was considered a loss and not a profit. It was my job to go through the database and research new applications for the technologies. So, Brett developed a distribution and dosing mechanism for radionuclides and radioactive isotopes. FYI, some of these radioactive materials are unstable. A unit that can spread and measure the release of unstable and stable elements, it must be a type of irradiation technology probably. Who would love to get their hands on this technology? I'm speaking sarcastically. Piotr made his way casually into the office. How did you get in the office without a key? He asked. Hello to you. I was given a key, I replied. Who gave you a key? He asked. Brett gave me his old key, I replied. Piotr didn't seem very happy to hear that. I went back to typing and reading my emails. You have work now, he asked. Yep, before I started on the database, Brett asked me to do research on his technology, I said. What? You won't even let me see that technology. What makes you so special, he asked. Well, I got a reputation and I have relatives who are retired CIA. I got access, I jokingly responded. Piotr became wide-eyed. He logged on to his computer and started typing. He was probably checking his emails. After a while, I noticed Piotr was still sitting at his desk, reading very quietly. I was so focused on my new project that I lost track of how long he had been there. I was hoping he would leave after a short period of time to return to the lab. He was sticking around in the office today, it seems. I saw it was almost time for lunch. Piotr's constant eating of candy bars made me feel hungry. I logged off my computer and grabbed my coat. Going to lunch? he asked. Yeah, I'm starving. I didn't eat much for breakfast, I said. I'll probably eat soon as well, he added. Do you want me to bring you back some food from the cafeteria in building A-10, I asked. No, I brought a sandwich to eat, but thank you for asking, he replied. I was a bit surprised by his cordial behavior. Maybe he was having a good day. Okay, see you later, I said as I walked out the door. I walked across the DTEC campus following the cement walkways between the buildings. Geese were foraging for food through the low-lying grassy areas. It was a decent fall day with some sun and a slight breeze. I planned on eating my lunch outside at the nearby picnic tables in between the buildings to watch the wildlife walk by me. I passed a deer observing humans a few feet from the doors. She didn't seem to be more than two years of age. Just a little too close for comfort. I didn't want to get used to the wildlife being so close to humans. That wasn't good at all. On my way, I ran into the leader of my working group, Mick. I remember seeing him leave Sissy's office, giving her orders. Mick was a short and very full-figured older white man with a white hair and extremely thick glasses. Hey, Shay, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see how you were doing on your first week of work here. Mick spoke as he stopped in front of me on the sidewalk. Oh, hi, Dr. Obomayer. I responded in surprise. Oh, call me Mick, he added. How's it going so far? He asked. Well, I didn't start on a database yet, but Brett asked me to start on some research for his latest technology, I said. Great, I was hoping you would have hit the, b- the ground running. We have a working group meeting on the 5th this week, so be sure to make it, he said. Okay, I will, I said. Well, if you have any questions, just email me and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, okay? He continued walking back to the building. I ordered a tuna salad sandwich with fries from the cafeteria. About two bottles of water as part of my healthy goals to drink more water. I was glad to see that others were sitting at picnic tables outside, eating their lunches. Though I felt invisible, no one noticed me. They all seemed to be in their own little worlds. Walking down the dim hallway again, I waved to Janice. She was sitting at her desk, typing away. Hey, Shay! She said. I continued to my office. As I walked towards the office, I saw Piotr walking away from my desk towards the tall cabinet near his desk. I strolled in and stopped. What's up? Do you need to borrow something from my desk? I asked. No, I wasn't at your desk. I, 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 I dropped a paper and it floated over that way, he said. To- I strolled towards my desk. I swear it looked like he was at my desk. I sat down and saw that my computer was awake already. I looked up at Piotr, who had sat down already. He stared back at me and smiled. In a matter of a few minutes, Piotr left the office for the lab, I was curious about Piotr's radiography project. I didn't ask him about it yet. Inventors who develop industrial radiography technology, they develop a type of technology that is considered large-scale. Those types of technology are like x-ray scanners for large, solid objects, like shipping containers. I wondered if that was what he was developing. I stood up from my desk and walked over to Piotr's desk out of curiosity. I stood with my hands behind my back and looked around at the mess. I was being careful not to touch anything. Lots of Kit Kat candy bar wrappers crumbled up on the desk. A gallon container of water. A wrinkled black sweater thrown on the back of his chair. Report papers scattered everywhere. How the hell does this guy work in this mess? Pictures of him with another man and an elderly woman. They must be a brother and his mother. No father type figure is in any of these pictures. A few pictures of him with friends and his brother in the snow in a large city in Russia? Hmm. And a small picture of him when he was younger standing next to... Is that President Medvedev? Is that how you say his last name? Medvedev? Can't be him. Is that him? Hmm. Well, I looked over at my computer remembering that I swear he was at my desk. It wasn't like he was in motion and quickly paused. He was stopped at my desk. Why would he lie about that? I looked around my desk to see if anything was moved. I saw that my mouse was in a different place than where it was before because I'm left-handed and most people are right-handed and when they use my computer, they tend to put the mouse on the opposite side that I need it. Hmm. Well, I looked back at his desk and saw several post-its placed on the cabinets and on the desk near the keyboard. He seemed to like sticking post-it notes in the oddest places on his desk. They weren't randomly placed at eye level or as reminders for what was in a cabinet above the desk. And then I noticed a post-it. It It stuck to his keyboard. I didn't have access to go on a secured server and read the documents that the researchers posted about their technologies. I had limited uh, security clearance. So my understanding was that I would be given enough information to be able to do my job. I wasn't sure what kind of classified information Piotr had access to that would explain this post-it I just saw. I assumed I should probably not jump to a far-fetched conclusion. But then again, you listen to what I have to say, I'll read it to you, and you decide. I tended to make a far-fetched conclusion when I saw the name of a foreign country on a post-it in a secured area. What assumption first came to... My mind, I don't know. What assumption first comes to your mind? Here, I'll read the post-it. GRU 54777. Seven, seven. With a check mark next to it. Grow, five, four, seven, seven, seven. GRU 54777. GRU 54777. Seven. Next line. Capital B. B's district. Capital B. Apostrophe S. Capital D I S T. R, period. B's distribution. Next line. Capital M, mechanism. Next line on the post-it. Test. Test. 241 at americium. Uh, Two arrows pointing. Syria. February. So that's what the post-it said. What assumption first comes to your mind? Let me read that post it again. Check mark. GRU five four seven seven seven. Next line. B's distribution B's distri D I S T R period Mechanism. Test Americium two hundred forty one. Arrows Syria February. Stay tuned for chapter two in March. the Fram episode.